1: present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. The Beaumont Affair. I'd heard of Lady Ada Fitzhugh, who in London, or for that matter, all England hadn't. She was a famous beauty... Had married into the peerage and from that moment on become the model of autocratic behaviour, upright and self-disciplined, she had maintained the admiration of all. When after her husband died, doing his duty in India, she had settled down to show society a standard that few could devote to. Her famous house in Mayfair and her country seat at Beaumont and Cumberland were well known. Few people were invited to them. When they were, they were honoured guests. Good morning, my lady. You are
0: very welcome. May I introduce you to Dr. Watson, my friend and colleague for many years?
2: How do you do, Doctor?
0: Yes, Hello. of course
2: I've heard of you. Where well, are may I sit?
0: Anywhere you wish. Uh, this chair is reasonably comfortable. Oh, thank you.
2: Uh, Mr. Holmes, I shall not bear any words with you. We are both too intelligent. Well, I shall come straight to the point. I need your advice, and I'm willing to pay for it.
0: I'm willing to listen to anything you have to say.
2: I have a niece. Mrs. Blanche Lee, you may have heard of her. She's often commented upon in the society magazines, photographs for her flawless beauty. She is indeed the original English rose. No artificial devices at all. Quite natural. I'm very fond of her, although I think she's made a dubious marriage. However, that's not the point. Of late, she has been behaving in a most strange way. I've noticed it several times at my home here in Mesa, and at Beaumont. It distresses me. I fear she would fall from grace and popularity. I want you to investigate the matter. And I shall pay you whatever you require.
0: I am a criminal detective, my lady. There seems nothing criminal to investigate in what you told me so far. You say your niece has been behaving strangely, may I ask you what now?
2: She appears quite normal at most times. During the day, she's cheerful and full of vitality. But towards the evening, she waits. She has yet to appear at dinner without lapsing into a form of a trance. I cannot insist that she medically examined, and I doubt if that, that will give the answer. But I cannot describe it, Mr. Holmes. It's, it it is bewildering, as though, as though as though someone is, is hypnotising her, some sort of some sort of possessing her.
0: Mm, interesting, but it seems to me a case more for my doctor friend than for myself.
2: Well, perhaps, but I should value the opinions of both of you. Now I am holding a small house party at Bermondsey this weekend, and lunch will be present. Her so husband has had to decline the invitation. Just a few selected guests. I should be happy if you and Dr. Watson would attend. An open cheque to your favourite charity will be the expression of my thanks. Well, Mr. Holmes?
1: I'm sure that had I not been present, Holmes would have rejected Lady Ada's invitation. As it was, the thin lip smile broadened. He had again read my mind and knew that I'd be delighted to go to Beaumont's. He accepted. Lady Ada advised the time of arrival and departed graciously.
0: Perhaps having come out of London would not be a bad idea, Watson. An
1: invitation to Beaumont's is an incredible opportunity, Holmes. And it should be most interesting.
0: Mm, I wonder. I think Lady Ada knows far more than she's telling us. Mrs Blanchley must be aware of these times when she's not herself. Why doesn't she discuss the matter more freely? Yes, it might, as you say, be very interesting.
1: All preparations were made We caught the northbound train on Friday morning And arrived at Beaumont in the late afternoon Lady Ada had sent a carriage to the station And after being shown our rooms We went down to the great hall Where tea was being served And where we were introduced to the other guests
2: Mr. Roland Dean
1: Hello
2: Count Carvington this is Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Ross. Holmes. Holmes? Holmes. Hello, sir. Oh, and here is my niece, Blanche Lee. It is indeed an honor to meet one so famous as yourself, Mr. Holmes. Uh, my husband has worked with your brother, Michael.
0: So I believe. It's a pleasure to meet you, Sidney. Oh,
2: please. Call me Blanche. I'm sure we can all be on first-name terms for the next few days. What oh, a delightful company you have assembled, Aunt. Tell me, Count, have you brought this bush with you?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's up
2: in my room. My lady knows that I never travel without him. Oh, I can't help it. He will way. simply die if I leave him behind. (laughs) Oh, you really must meet Das Luspiel, Mr. Holmes. He is the Count's favorite pirate. Is he very old, Count? They say nearly one hundred years.
1: No one can tell. Not even Das Luspiel himself knows. (laughs) Have you asked him? Boy, I have many times.
2: And what does he say?
1: He says... Do I? Do I? (laughs) Well,
2: well, if everyone has taken tea, then perhaps you'd like to be shown over the estate. After that, we shall go our own ways until dinner. And that is at eight o'clock sharp. So come. come.
1: The Beaumont estate was breathtakingly lovely, and I enjoyed the hour's walk. I had no time to speak privately with Holmes but I could see to my Blanche Lee quite keenly. She was indeed the most beautiful woman, tall, slender, with black hair, and the bluest eyes I'd ever seen. She was aglow with health. And yet, when we sat down to dinner, a subtle change slowly came over her. From being beautiful, she grew to old and disagreeable. Her dazzling smile vanished, and when she answered a question, her lips drew back in what was almost a snarl. Everyone noticed this as the meal went on. Would anyone care to ride tomorrow? Oh, I would, Lady Ada. I always enjoy taking the horses out early. Uh, Count, what do you say? Oh, oh my horse riding days are over, I'm afraid. <laughs> what of you, Blanche? We've ridden out early before. Come with me. No. We needn't go early. Any time you like. I might.
2: said no, and I mean no. But, excuse me. Blanche! Blanche!
1: Are you all right?
2: Blanche, I'm Leave me alone. Leave me
1: alone. We were all horrified. Of course, the rest of the meal was a fiasco. Lady Ada did her best to set us at ease, but we were glad when it was over. Blanche had locked herself in her room, and there was no chance of me examining her. I hurriedly consulted Holmes. What do you think, Holmes? What caused that sudden transformation? I don't know. As a medical man, what do you say yourself, Watson? i hardly like to suggest it, but I can only think that the lady takes drugs. Mm, here's my own impression. But have you known any drug have that effect? No, but there could well be one. I'm a general practitioner, Holmes. I'm not a specialist on drugs. (sighs) What can we do?
0: Well, nothing for tonight. Tomorrow after breakfast, I'll speak to Lady Ada. The first opportunity, I shall need to search Blanche Lee's room and all her personal effects. There must be something there that will tell me what I want to know.
1: With that, Holmes retired. I didn't know how well he slept, but I had a very troubled night. I simply could not forget the scene at the dinner table. In the morning, very reluctantly, Lady Ada agreed to Holmes' plan. Blanche had risen quite early. She appeared to be quite her old self and had gone off riding with Roland Dean. Lady Ada showed us to Blanche's room.
2: This yes, is Blanche's room. I, I don't like to do this. It's wrong to search another person's belongings. I believe in this
0: case it is justified. Uh, tell me, who has the rooms either side of this one?
2: Roland Dean has one on the list. And Count Minchner,
0: the one on the other side. Count Carl Minchner and his parrot? Yes. Yes. There's no connecting doors and no common veranda. Hmm. So much for the geography. Now to the examination. I must ask you, Lady Ada, to let me proceed upon my own.
1: Do not touch anything. Watson knows my methods. Just leave all this for me. I'd seen Holmes search a room and its personal effects many times, but I'd never known him be more thorough. Every article of clothing, every item on the dressing table, including jewellery, was subjected to close scrutiny through his powerful magnifying glass. Eventually, he rose, appearing more satisfied. Mm.
0: Well, I think that's all I can do at the moment. You will see that this investigation remains secret, will you not, my lady? Oh, of course. For my own sake, as much as yours. Have you found out anything that will help us, Mr Holmes? Perhaps, perhaps. Will you excuse us now, my lady? Come, Watson, I need a walk in the garden. And there we shall try a small experiment... An experiment that could well solve this
1: whole mystery. And may I lead the way? Sherlock Holmes led the way out of the house and into its grounds. He paced the looms thoughtfully, occasionally looking up at the room he had just been searching. Then he chose a small summer house by the lake and motioned me to sit near him. Sit down, Watson. Sit down. Well, Holmes, what's this experiment you wish to carry out?
0: Uh, what am I to do? You are merely to stay here with me, Watson. Stay by my side, and whatever happens during the next few minutes, do not call to aid. Keep silent and watch over me. Remember, do not let anyone witness this or know of it. Just stay with me. Note down everything, and wait until I give you permission to walk back into the house. Do you understand and promise me this? Well, well, uh, yes, yes, of,
1: of course. Very well. With that, Holmes began rubbing his hands together and then smoothing his lips, moistening them with his tongue and breathing quite heavily. Slowly, a change came over him. His eyes lost their usual keenness. His jaw sat forward. His whole complexion. Changed. It was exactly as Blanche Lee had acted at dinner the night before. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, Oh, you're all right. Yes, sir. We'll call him all right. But, but you, you, you look different. You sound different. Now, now what's happened you? quiet. Mind your own business. Holmes, this is dreadful. Look, like a not possessed. I, I, I can't just sit here and watch this happen. Uh, look, I'm going to help. Someone must be told. No, it's all right. No, you understand. Didn't you promise me, you fool? The... What has happened? Surely you can tell me. Let me help you as a doctor. I should well you not be patient? You can't hold your tongue and then they go out under the path. But, but don't call anyone. That is an order. You
0: understand? An order.
1: I stood at the entrance of the summer house, guarding over Holmes as he sat back on the seat, his hands clenching the ivy-covered woodwork, his mouth opened, and eyes staring to space. Eventually, he relaxed and appeared to slumber. I stood looking out over the water, almost in despair. And then I felt a hand touch my shoulder. All uh,
0: right, Watson. Thank you very much. I think we can return to the house now.
1: Oh, Holmes, Holmes. Oh, thank goodness for that. You yourself again. Whatever happened? Oh, I've never seen you like that. It, it scared me half to death. Not as so much as I myself was scared, I do assure you. Whatever happened? What caused
0: it all? And well, Can you recall what happened? Oh, yes, yes. But I cannot not upon the matter at the moment, Watson. I shall be able to explain to you later. Meanwhile, it is sufficient that I have solved the mystery, and it only remains for me to... Set matters right here. I think I know a way of doing so. Come back to the house, and not a word of this for so. Yes,
1: of course. Look, oh, I've, I've sold me into bewildered home. So. This has been a great help, but
0: I must ask you to do two more things. Yeah. one is to get into the nearest village and send a telegram to the house addressed to me. Word it so that anyone seeing it will think it is from London, recalling us both urgently. With a little luck, we may be able to catch the night train home. Is, is that
1: what you want? It is vitally necessary. I promise you we shall have this case solved in the next 24 hours. Well, so it is a case. There is something criminal going on. Uh, I would say its as nasty a
0: crime as any outside actual murder. but come. i wasted enough time. You go about your business and I shall go about mine. We shall not meet until lunchtime. Good luck, Watson. Thank you. Again.
1: I did as Holmes requested. I found a post office in a nearby village and managed to make sure a Telegram would get to Beaumont's that afternoon. Then I found Count Carl Minchner. I found he was a great authority in all kinds of birds other than parrots. And so it was easy to get him to walk through the woods identifying bird calls. We returned to the house to find Lady Ada in a state of great concern and confusion. Count!
2: Count! Count, I, I, I really don't know what to say to
1: you. What is the matter?
2: It, 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 it's your parrot. What? It is Das Spiel. What has happened
1: to him? He has not hurt. In your... oh, no,
2: no, no, no. Nothing is wrong with the bird. It's what? just, a, it's just a... Oh, Blanche. Blanche, my dear. What on earth is the matter? Why are you looking so distraught, aunt? Count, what is wrong? was oh, that such a lovely morning. I, I I hardly like to say this, but, but, but that's loose. He must have got out of the council room and, and somehow flown onto your balcony and entered your room, Blanche. He, oh, he's made a terrible mess of things. Quite a lot of the brightly colored materials would be torn, and the dressing table is in complete disarray. Oh, please, please, you must come with me and see for yourselves and, and well, let's hope that nothing missing, jewelry or anything of importance. So come quickly, quickly. I was uh, well, it's certainly a mess, but I don't think there's anything missing. There might be a few trinkets, a, a small comb, uh, the pad I polish my nails with, that sort of thing, but nothing of importance. No, fear you are a very naughty boy, very naughty, not so, yeah? Oh, really? but nothing to make a fuss about Don't scold him. But what I say is, the mystery, how did he get in here?
1: Oh, Liebchen, you are too old to fly at with you things, you know. Ah. I always thought the Count was too eccentric for words. Perhaps your aunt would put a stop to him bringing such pets down here after this. <laughs> <laughs> Hope so. But
2: no harm done after all.
1: In the afternoon, the telegram arrived for Holmes, and he made a great display of regrets at having to leave Beaumont's buddy evening train. Lady Ada was clearly upset, but Holmes reassured her that there would be no more trouble and her niece would never suffer the attacks of personality change again. With that, we departed. Holmes said nothing on the journey back to London. he slept most of the way. But once there, he hailed a handsome cab, and much to my surprise, gave an address in St. John's Wood. But, Holmes, I I can't understand this. What is it all about? Now, look, I've done my best to be patient, but I refuse to be treated like a child. I will accompany you no further without an explanation. We're going to the home of Mr. Matthew Lee Watson... I'm sorry that I've had to inflict so much upon you. It has sorely tried your
0: patience, but all will be revealed to you once we talk to Blanche Lee's husband. I know it's very late, but so on the other hand, we're sure of finding him at home. It's quite essential that we talk before his wife gets in touch with him.
1: Ah, this is the speech. It will not be long now. I controlled my annoyance. I was too intrigued to desert Holmes at this age. It took quite some time to get a reply to our continual knocking, but eventually a disabled butler was persuaded to show us into Matthew Lee's library. And there, some ten minutes later... The irate gentleman himself, entered. Now, look here, what is this? What the devil do you mean by knocking me up at this time of the night? You are Mr. Sherlock Holmes, are you not? As I know, your brother could never imagine him acting in this disgraceful
0: manner. On the contrary, my is far more ruthless than I am when it comes to criminal matters.
1: Criminal matters? What do you mean, criminal matters? What are you talking about? Dr.
0: Watson I have just returned from a visit to Beaumonts, where your wife is spending the week as a guest of her aunt's. This, of course, you well know.
1: Of course I do. But what's wrong? Uh, Something
0: happened to Blanche? No, that's no thanks to you. Why do you do it, Lee? Why did you try to discredit your wife in the eyes of her aunt and any guests she may have invited her to dine with?
1: I, I don't know what you're talking about. No?
0: no? perhaps this will remind you. Here. It's a small, round, jeweled container, rather like a locket. It opens so. And inside, we find what? A paste of some kind. It is your wife's. Do you know what she uses it for? I, I think it's something she, she polishes her fingernails with, isn't it? That's the excuse she may have made at one time, but your wife is famed for her natural beauty, isn't she? She does not wave her hair or cream her face or even powder her nose. The rose of England is quite natural. That is part of her beauty and one of the reasons why most young men fall in love with her. Oh, yes. You're wildly jealous of Blanche, aren't you? She's something of a flirt, I can tell now. She completely bewitched that young Rolandine, although well, he was rather put off when she acted so strangely at dinner last night. She appeared to be another person, a rather repulsive, rude, and ugly person.
1: I can't be blamed for my wife's peculiarities. Oh, but
0: you can. You know it for years now, the only type of beauty aid that Blanche has used is a lip salve. In the evenings, after dressing for dinner, she would gently smear a little of this ointment across her lips. It gave them a rosy glow and prevented them from feeling gapped and coarse. But you have often tampered with that lip salve, have you not? If this ointment were to be analyzed, the pharmacist would find it contains a rare alkaloid substance known as kodosine. Large doses of it would induce fits, strokes, and even madness in human beings. Small doses called irrationality, loss of memory, Flashes of ungovernable temper, I know. I tested it out myself this morning. Watson will tell you that it changed me completely and for the worst. It is a foul thing that you've been doing to your
1: wife. I, I judge it to be a criminal thing. Uh, 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 I... I know. I admit it now. I, I must have been mad to have thought out, that. But I, I wanted to put an end to her incessant flirting and carrying on. Uh, I thought if if she would appear to, to be discredited in social circles because of her infamous behavior, it... it would make her turn back to me. I wanted her to appear repentant, so that I alone could enjoy her attractiveness. I, I admitted that now. I, I'm ashamed of myself. So, so what are you going to
0: do, Mister Holmes? Leave you, and trust you to throw that container into the Thames. I think that is all. It's been a wretched story, and you are a wretched man. Come, Watson. Time we went
1: home. <laughs> Holmes and I returned to the waiting hansom, and as we clattered our way back to Baker Street, I asked Holmes how he came to clear the affair up so quickly. I noticed
0: Blanche's lips when she came in to dinner. They're the only part of her that was different. Of course, once she drank some wine, the poison entered her throat. She had no other beauty preparation on her dressing table, but that small container. After I'd proved it by taking some of the stuff myself, I left that parrot out of the count's room and took it into Blanche's. I stole a few trifles to make it look as though the bird had been a thief. Oh, an case, Watson. With only one unsolved difficulty. How do I prove to Lady Ada that I've been responsible for saving her niece and can claim that open check without letting the cat out of the bag? Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage as Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.